1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: A little spicy meatball from Chris Jones today. With the Kansas City Chiefs opening up the season tomorrow night against the Detroit Lions. It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio Series 6M Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Can the Chiefs still win enough to go to the Super Bowl if they don't have home field advantage in the playoffs? We'll get into more of that uh, with you in just a moment uh, at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So here is Nate Taylor. He covers the Chiefs for The Athletic. He tweeted this earlier. Chris Jones to his credit, showed up at a charity event that the Chiefs do every year called Red Wednesday prior to the start of the season where they support a local children's hospital. So he was there, and he just tweeted this, did Nate Taylor, who covers, as I said, the Chiefs for The Athletic. I just asked Chris Jones this. If a deal gets done, how soon can you be back on the field? Quote, if a deal gets done, I can be out there tomorrow. Really throwing it all in the Chiefs' laps about getting a deal like this done. Now, that's nice. I don't think the Chiefs are going to do it. I don't think the Chiefs are going to allow themselves to cave at this juncture until they really have to because they feel like they are a good enough team right now to navigate themselves through a few weeks before they really have to break they can bend a little bit but it has to get ugly here for them to break
3: the chiefs have to assess what chris jones is worth and then negotiate accordingly and i don't think they should change anything because of any injuries to travis kelsey or whether or not they start slow you see him as a player who's worth a certain amount you're willing to offer that amount if he doesn't want to take it and you reach an impasse so be it. But how much higher are you going to go based on these other factors? Travis Kelsey gets hurt. Players get hurt all the time. can't operate under panic. If you start by losing a few games early in the season, you should have known that was going to happen if the defense is struggling without Chris Jones. Similar to what we're seeing in San Francisco. If you struggle in Pittsburgh defensively because you don't have Nick Bosa, you probably should have gotten the deal done sooner. There's no reason to offer more money after the fact. You have a price on this. And from there, you make your decisions. I I, I think it's all lining up for Kansas City this year that they will be good, probably very good. They will not be going to the Super Bowl. I think too much is working against
2: them. And I get what you're saying with this. I understand it. And and if they don't go, I'm not going to say I'm going to be stunned. I still think they're the best team in the league when they're healthy and everything's right. What's interesting to me is Patrick Mahomes, in a couple of different ways, is unknowingly, unwittingly, probably preventing this deal from getting done sooner rather than later, of handing off all that money. Number one, Mahomes is the ultimate deodorant. He covers up all of what your deficiencies are. And they probably feel like they can navigate their way through the first four games and get to at least two and two with Detroit at Jacksonville, Chicago at the Jets. And they probably won't feel any sort of panic at that point, especially with two NFC games in the first four. Number two, Who's one of the next to get paid again? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They are going to have to come up with a new deal for him probably next off season.
3: But to that to that point, and you're right, you have to be thinking about that. They knew they were gonna have to pay Chris Jones when they let Tyreek Hill go. That mm-hmm. was part of the deal. Tyreek Hill was going to Miami because we know we have the Chris Jones deal coming up, which is why that deal should have ended up getting done. But look, I don't think he's gonna get Aaron Donald money.
2: No. But the Chiefs do need to come up to twenty eight, twenty nine million. At least acknowledge that this is a top two to three defensive player in the league. He is. And he makes all the difference in the world. Again, deodorants. Well, what Chris Jones does is allow everything else, any other types of deficiencies that you have defensively, to really get you know, kind of minimized. When you have somebody like that that is such a monster in the middle of a defense that everybody has to circle and be concerned about uh, and whose assignment it is, and that's not one, that's two or three players whose assignment it is on every play, it opens it up for players like LeJarius Sneed. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo loves to blitz LeJarius Sneed, and he's also a very good corner. He's still coming into it. They have to recognize that they're not winning the Super Bowl without Chris Jones. And I think they do know that. But I don't expect them to admit that until week four, week five, week six, week seven. I
3: was going to say, when do you think this gets done? Well, what's the projection? Does it ever get done? And if so, when? Because you, you've you said on multiple occasions you feel that Jones is dug in yep. and he's not going to budge. And I don't necessarily disagree with you. I don't think he's going to – if he says he might be out till week eight – I wouldn't be surprised if he's out till week eight. He feels like, it sounds like someone who's managed their money to a point where they don't need to be desperate. They know what they're worth. They want that number and they're not going to budge until they see it. And if the Chiefs don't want to reach that number, then we'll end up seeing what happens long-term for the organization. But he's probably banking on a few key things. One of which is in this window with Patrick Mahomes, you got to capitalize. And if you're going to lose your best defensive player and second best player on the team, the team is more likely to blink before he blinks.
2: He's already been paid once. That's the thing. Like this is contract number 3 and not many players get that bite at the apple. He already got 4 years and 80 million before. So while he's still hoping to get that bigger number right now, he could ride it out. I like to me this is not necessarily a guy who let's say was on his still his rookie contract after year 3. And still needs every penny that he can get because he has all of those expenses. I, I think this this is not gonna get done before the and and Chris Jones doesn't seemingly
3: need Aaron Donald money, but it's it's gotta be close. How are you viewing the Chiefs big picture right now, given the Jones situation? and the Kelsey situation. I want to run something by you, and we've talked about this before, the importance of that number one seed. Kansas City has been in the AFC Championship game five straight years. They've hosted a bunch of those. Getting the one seed is imperative to your path to the Super Bowl. Both teams last year that made the Super Bowl were one seeds. You get a week off at a crucial juncture of the year to get healthy and to prepare for your opponent. But you also get to host every playoff game prior to the Super Bowl. In the last 10 years, the 20 teams that have gone to the Super Bowl, 17 have had a buy. 17. Now, that includes the one and two seeds because we just switched to this format the last couple years where only the one seed goes. But 13 of those 20 teams to go to the Super Bowl over the last 10 years were one seeds. Mm-hmm. So the bye has proven. It's not correlation, it's causation. That bye is huge. If Kansas City's not grabbing that buy in a conference where, say, they're a three seed and they end up with two key road games, maybe one's at Cincinnati and one's at Buffalo, you see them navigating that? Yes, they have Patrick Mahomes. You just said that so casually. The, yeah. Yes, you didn't even ponder
2: Well, it. I'll put it two ways, okay? Here's where I would be concerned. If the Chiefs are in a situation where in week 18... They have to play everybody, and they have just to get in, or to even get, let's say, in you know a home game or something like that. If they feel
3: like that's that important, that will win the division. Say week eighteen, they have to win that game to win the West, so they'll host a playoff game, but they'll be a three or a four seed.
1: Uh,
2: okay, I don't think they're gonna have to play everybody the entire game. My thing is Andy Reid late in the year. Loves to give guys time off. If they, if he can, if he's got things wrapped up, if they're in the playoffs and he has a chance to give guys a rest in week 18, that will make up for not having the bye week. Okay. I, I think that's a big part of it. And then it's Mahomes. This is not just the average great quarterback. We're not going to be speaking in hyperbole when we say that Mahomes has a great opportunity to be on the Brady level. As far as winning that many Super Bowls or at least being in that discussion is the greatest of all time. We're we're if we think that he can't go on the road and win playoff games, we're we're drunk. Right. He absolutely can. But is given- there anybody in the last besides Brady, is there anybody in the last thirty years that you'd rather have be your quarterback?
3: No. No, I don't even need to think about that. Yeah. But knowing you have him, what's the situation that he would have to be in where you would seriously doubt whether or not you have the right guy? I don't there there is no situation. There is no. There's not a situation you're gonna present where you say, here's the situation, and your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, and you go, Ah, oh, man, I really wish, really wish I could have had Brock Purdy there. <laughs> that's where I feel <laughs> like. That's where I feel Can like I can't. Nagel when you need him? <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. Exactly. So I'm I just Given everything we're seeing with them right now, they got a contract issue with their second best player. They got an injury to their third best player. They got a wide receiver in Kadarius Tony who can't stay healthy. The defense to begin with isn't an elite unit. They have a really tough schedule in terms of who they'd have to face in the AFC to run through the playoffs between Buffalo and Baltimore and Cincinnati and everybody else that's out there, including the Jets. And then on top of all that, you have to remember they were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL last year. Top five in terms of health. That is very difficult to sustain one year to the next. To be able to run the table and have all all that good fortune when it comes to injuries and then to think you can do it again is a very, very tall order. Very tall
2: order. So on the flip side, let me ask you this. Does all of this right now at all change your opinion of how you would treat the Chiefs in a wagering environment? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so how how much so? Would you... I can't imagine right now you would bet against the Chiefs to win the division.
3: I would not bet. I would start with this. I would not bet on them to win the Super Bowl. They're still the favorite. I'm looking at it right now. They are plus 600. They're six to one to win the Super Bowl, right ahead of Philly, San Francisco, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. I wouldn't play that. That is not a good enough price given the issues I'm aware of with their team. In terms of winning the division, the question is would I bet against it? Wouldn't bet on it. But would I bet against it? You would not bet on them winning it? Well, because it's It's because not a great price. It's not a great value. It's not a great price. But I wouldn't sit here and say I'll take the Chargers because I know that defense is a mess and they didn't spend any money on it. Also, they're the Chargers, so they'll find a way to give it away. And I'm not betting on the Raiders or the Broncos. Mm. So right now it's basically one of those. I'm not going to bet against you in that environment, but I don't necessarily want to bet on you. The win total is where it gets interesting. If you talk about 11 and a half wins, do you see them getting the 12? 12 and 5. That's your over.
2: I have trouble believing they're not getting to 12.
3: Okay. Still, with everything least, we just said, at least there was a little there was a little thought there. A little. I saw the hamster on the wheel start to go a little faster. Previously I've asked you questions and it's snap reaction. That one you thought a little bit.
2: All that's going on up here is, you know. Pizza. Pizza. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of the Raiders, there is a little breaking news out of the silver and black that may affect their season in a big big way. Wait do you see What's happening in Vegas? It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle out cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply with everyone fighting for
0: attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact constant contacts award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out stay top of mind and see big results
2: It is a bizarre system that is unfolding in Vegas right now. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The
3: idea that they make us pay for parking, you're right. It is bizarre. They make the media pay for parking? No, at the casinos, it's just a joke. You have to pay for parking. Oh, I was all to the, of the casinos, Raiders. Now. I'm like,
2: no. Oh, well, that,
3: you have to pay for parking the casinos? They're going to fleece you once they get you in the door. They're supposed to let what you about park free for free? drinks. You still get the drinks, but you need the waitresses to come around faster because, you know, you can get yeah. wiped out pretty quick. I noticed at
2: times, a little slow in that. That's you know? the thing. You,
3: exactly. you, 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 there's places with the good service, but if you sit down, how often have you sat at a blackjack table or something else and been wiped before that first drink even shows up?
2: I would say f- easily 65% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> easily. Well over half. Yeah. A lot of times at <laughs> the blackjack table, I'm the guy that will sit down try to go for the big score quick, and then get out. I don't sit there for six hours. I'll do that at the poker table. So it's a first round knockout
3: or you're going down.
2: No, I mean, sometimes I'll do it the other way. Sometimes I'll, I'll be in it to play for the long hauls, especially if I'm with friends. But if I show up Let's try to set a good tone. Yeah, but I
3: also don't take it as setting a bad tone if I lose right away. You really want the dealer to know what you are about. You want to send the message early, and the I, dealer doesn't care at all. No, not in the <laughs> least. The dealer could not be happier. Dealer's and like, all right, pal. Whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, Carlin
2: versus Joe, ESPN Radio. What is bizarre in Vegas, besides many, many things, is what's (laughs) going on with the Raiders. And Chandler Jones, who apparently over the weekend could not get into the Raiders facility to work out. And he went off on his Instagram about how frustrated he was with the Raiders, but gave no reasons as to why he couldn't get in. And so there seems to be something brewing between management and Chandler Jones. Entered just a few moments ago the press conference for the Raiders that Josh McDaniels has leading up to the opener this week. Here is the exchange back and forth with Paul Gutierrez. Yeah,
4: I'm not going to get into this. You know what I mean? So it's a personal situation. It's a private matter. You know, we want to talk about the game on Sunday. I'll be excited to talk about the game. It affects
1: the game though, Joe.
4: Your captains and your leaders. Yeah, he's not a captain. Um, so, it, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, like I said, we're we're dealing with it internally. Uh, we've dealt with it, um, but we're not gonna not gonna get into this.
2: All right. First of all, it is what it is. We don't know what it is. Please tell us what it is, or yes, at least please. at least hint at what it is. But this sounds to me like there is a major rift going on with Chandler Jones and the Raiders at the moment, and that. Uh, On a team that has more than enough of its problems, that on a team that was absolutely lost to me with what they were doing in the draft by taking Michael Mayer so early and not getting a defensive back in the early rounds when they couldn't cover me last year. That is not a good situation for the Raiders, who we, just a little while ago, were talking about being a team that could potentially tank this year.
3: So let's work our way through it. This apparently starts, apparently starts, with the inability of Jones to get into the Raiders facility over the weekend. So question Mm -hmm. number one, are you generally able to access an NFL facility over the weekend if you would like? To my
2: knowledge, you are able to access a facility virtually any time up until the point that you're not on that team anymore.
3: Okay, so if so, the first question: Why were you unable to access this facility? Did the Raiders decide they were closing it over the weekend? What happened that did you they couldn't turn access? turn off your it? key card. That's a very. Oh, now we're getting. Now we're really getting into the hot take. I mean, of it. honestly, just get the conspiracy theories going.
2: I, and I'm not saying that they were cutting him, but they were obviously ticked off at him at some
3: point. Well, wait, do you? Do you, what what do, what do we know that would suggest that that somehow they're mad at him prior to this him going on social media because he couldn't get into the facility and losing his mind like this suggests to us something else is at play right. because what faci- what if you showed up here and you tried to get in and it was locked mm-hmm. would you immediately go to social media and think the the first thing that comes to your mind I need to blast my employer publicly as fast as possible because I can't get into this building when I want to no you probably you know just behind the scenes start asking some questions as to, well, why couldn't I get in? And then you probably get an answer, and then you probably move on. You're not going to lose your mind over no. it, which suggests something else is happening here. And McDaniels does not seem pleased at all with this. It's not like he did anything to put that fire out by saying, look, there was just a misunderstanding. We had told the players the facility was going to shut down on Saturday because we had to do some routine maintenance, whatever it may be. We've communicated it to Chandler that we apologize for that, but the facility is now open. If it was something as basic as that, we'd already be done with this. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly more here than meets the eye, which is not good news for anybody, especially the Raiders who, for the love of God, would love to just start a season, go through a season, and finish a season with some form of functionality. Not win <laughs> the Super Bowl, but maybe go nine and eight. Not make any crazy headlines. They made all the headlines last year for sitting Derek Carr at the end of the year because they didn't want to get him hurt. Then he leaves. They get nothing in a trade back for him. It's always something with this organization.
2: You're adorable. The Raiders getting through a season
3: without any sort (laughs) of drama.
2: It's so cute. It's so cute. And how about this? They've already paid him an $8.5 million roster bonus for this year. His salary for the season is guaranteed. It's only 1.1. But... Why is this turned into such the nightmare that it has? And there are no other details about this situation that are leaking anywhere else. I understand Josh McDaniels not wanting to talk about it, but you have to be a little bit more deft in how you don't want to talk about it.
3: Right. Absolutely. You have to handle it with some sort of leadership to where people like us, aren't going to come away from this going, man, there's a major problem in I have Las to Vegas you, right now. And
2: here's what is amazing to me, too. With head coaches, with whenever they want to pour gas on a situation, they do. And here's why the conspiracy theory does live a little bit in this for me. Going into a press conference, they are always having lengthy conversations with PR people. What are they going to ask me? Right. What are we going to be covering here? Obviously, the Chandler Jones discussion would have been number one on that list. He does not walk into the press conference without having talked to anybody. So when I hear a coach say something that's a little bit out there in front of a microphone, generally, there is a purpose behind it, and that's what I want to know. What is the purpose behind pouring a little bit more gas on this fire? He didn't torch
3: it, but he certainly...
2: Put a little lighter fluid
3: in there. He did nothing to put it out. Let's yes. say that. If you're yeah. getting prepped with PR before you're heading in, you have all your classic talking points for how to navigate that situation without it getting worse. And Paul Gutierrez doing his job asking the follow-up, normal follow-up. You got to know that's coming. It's not like he was sitting there egging him on trying to provoke him. This is a legitimate question because people want to know what's happening with the story because your first game of the season is right around the corner. So what do you, what do you think it is? Like, what could this possibly? How upset does McDaniel's have to be to go out there and, to your point, throw a little gasoline on this fire? And why would you want to throw gasoline on this fire? I think there had to
2: have been something that happened in the midst of it, whether it was a disagreement with McDaniel's or with another staffer or assistant coaches or something, because it's not just why did you leave him out of the building, but it's why are you now not in a position on Wednesday of game week, week one. When this team has done nothing but live through drama for the last few years, especially and in a horrible way, why are you doing this? And to me, there has to be something much larger at work there. And I am—I, I don't know that we'll ever even find out. But doesn't feel to me like Chandler Jones is going to be out there on Sunday.
3: Doesn't feel like this is something that just goes away. No, it's not a miscommunication where oh the the, the key fob was just broken. Oh, okay. Sorry, I went to social media and did all that. Yeah. And and blew all you up. It. yeah. Obviously, there's something that he was ticked off
2: about that right. led to that. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN radio presented by Progressive Insurance. If there's one thing that you're going to learn about this show, when other people zig, we zag. Yeah. For instance, everybody picks winners, okay? Everybody picks winners. You know what's just as important? Knowing who's going to lose, and we're picking losers next on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI –
4: Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: The countdown to the NFL season rolls on.
4: Feel good
0: to be back, baby. All he steps to the house. Touchdown. Turn it up and down. Turn it up and down.
1: Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Time for some football, baby. Only one day until the Lions and Chiefs kick off the 2023 season. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio.
2: I couldn't be more excited to be working with Joe Fortenbaugh on this show because you can just stop right there. That's good enough. Exactly, but even more so, you're going to make me money throughout the year. You're you're going to do that, Joe. Of course, one of the hosts of Daily Wager on ESPN,
3: uh, each and every night,
2: six p.m. Yes, sir. We it. we
3: are we are rebranding. We Eastern had a rehearsal time. yesterday. We yep. had a rehearsal. We're having her rehearsal today. The new show launches from Bristol. It used to be in Vegas. The new show will launch tomorrow, Thursday. And on Friday, 6 to 7 p.m., we have a Saturday morning show that runs 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. There's a Sunday morning show, which runs 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. And then we're back on Mondays to get you ready for NFL football. And I believe that's around 4 p.m. is when that show starts. So it's off Tuesday, Wednesday.
2: Very unique schedule. You know what information is? Information is power. And you are giving me power, (laughs) and you're doing that on this show. But listen- So many people want to give you the winners, and that's great. That's valuable. But you know what's also valuable? Finding out who's going to
1: lose. Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. losers.
2: Let's pick some losers. Now, here's the deal. We're not giving you obvious losers, all right? We're not giving you losers that are teams that are five and six and seven and 12-point spread underdogs. Like no. the Texans. The Texans are 10-point dogs to Baltimore. We're not going to pick that loser. Exactly. We are going to give you close games in terms of the spreads. Let's say three, three and a half or less, but teams that are going to lose.
3: So let's go. Lions at Chiefs. Woo. Lions are going to lose this game. I'm, I'm, Ooh, I'm, I, I, uh, I. This is. I wish we were starting with meatball. any game other than this one. I wish we were starting with any game other than this one because tomorrow we're gonna have the full assessment. We're gonna have prop side total. We're gonna have everything you need for this game tomorrow. It feels like Detroit is the public dog. I have, I have had every show on the, of this network on today. I've been listening. And every everybody's picking Detroit. Everybody loves Detroit now. That makes me want to pick Kansas City.
2: I completely understand that. And the fact that the line has dropped two full points because of Travis Kelsey's situation in the last day or so, that scares me a little bit. Joe, Chiefs are going to lose this game. That's what I said. Woo.
3: Oh, so we're Chiefs, going with the spicy upset. Yes. Okay. Chiefs are okay. going to lose this game. Titans at Saints. Saints are going to lose this game. I'm picking the Saints, Louis. Now, they're a three-point favorite in this matchup. People are going to look at Tennessee. They see Tannehill. They don't see a lot of talent on either side of the ball. Overwhelming talent, although DeAndre Hopkins did, get, did join them. But you have Mike Vrabel, and Vrabel is a hell of a head coach. Vrabel has been making five-star cuisine with zero-star ingredients for years. He gets the most out of his players. People look at New Orleans, and they keep saying, oh, New Orleans could be a surprise this year. The only thing... That people lean on when they pick New Orleans to do anything positive is they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. I don't see him covering the spread. I see them losing that game. Dennis Allen has lost a lot of games as a head coach in the NFL. I think he loses this one And as well. I could not agree
2: more because of everything that you just said, but also because this is probably going to be the third favorite game of people who are in survivor pools where they're going to pick the Saints as a home oh team boy. against the Titans That's a dangerous because they one. think they're getting away with it.
3: That's a big mistake. Panthers at Falcons. Panthers are going to lose this game. And I say that with some trepidation because I know Atlanta, Atlanta's has gotten a lot of money in Vegas. People like the over on the win total. People like him to win the division. They like Arthur Smith. There's a lot to like about the Falcons. I do not like Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Great leader. He was fantastic at Cincinnati. Love that story. He can't make all the throws in the NFL. And I think that's eventually going to burn them. That said, Carolina, that offensive line looked like crap. In the preseason. They look terrible and they got a rookie quarterback back there that they're going to get killed. They're devoid of weapons. They've got a solid defense, but offensively, I think they're going to be a mess. And I think this is a game Atlanta can grind out. Carolina is going to lose that football. I
2: love, love, love Bryce Young, but you couldn't be more right. He needs people protecting him. Mickey Aquanu, can we, you know, put it together here a little bit? They need a lot of help. They're a very good defensive team. But is Brian Burns going to be out there? That's another problem for them. That's a holding situation problem. at the moment. Yeah, Carolina loses.
3: 49ers at Steelers. I Look at them. The 49ers are going to lose this game. 49ers are going to lose this game. Right now, it looks like Nick Bosa is not going to be there. First practice to get ready for everything today. He was not there. He is still holding out. He is extraordinarily valuable to that team because they do not have number 15, Patrick Mahomes, as their quarterback. They have Brock Purdy. And I know that was a fun story last year. There are no guarantees that he's going to play that well again this year. Maybe he does. But they're going on the road. They, they're they laying points. We're not talking about points here. We're just talking about who's going to lose. Mike Tomlin is a great head coach. Kenny Pickett's ready to take the step in year two. Carl uh, uh, Carl Pickens, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's a great option. Louis Riddick can't stop talking about the quarterback-wide receiver combo in Pittsburgh this season. They've got a solid defense. They have rebuilt the offensive line. Without Bosa, that defense... Yeah. Niners lose that game.
2: Steeler fan, that's what I am. I think the Steelers are losing this game. You're gonna go and against your own team? I am gonna go against my own team, and it's not something I do very often. I I'm I am somebody that keeps it objective. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell you on them every week. I'm not gonna tell you why they're gonna lose every week because of some dumb superstition. I've seen this too many times before. They are as good as the record looks. In bigger games against good quality opponents, they're not great at home. That is not the same home field advantage that it was a long, long time ago. Uh, and there has been a lot of hype around it. There has been a lot of hype around Kenny Pickett. I do think the Nick Bosa uh, discussion, though, has not been elevated enough. People are still not paying enough attention no, to No, they that. are not. That's a problem. But I still see the 49ers going into Pittsburgh and winning that game.
3: Dolphins at Chargers. This is... This is going to be the sneaky best game of the week. This, These two teams are built to play a wildly competitive and entertaining football game. Chargers are laying somewhere around three. Those who want to partake in that sort of information. But we're just picking the outright loser here. I'm going to pick the Chargers to lose this game. I think Mike McDaniel's a better head coach than Brandon Staley. I think while Justin Herbert is the better quarterback over Tua Tungavailoa, that Miami offense is close to what the Chargers are capable of producing. The difference is going to be the defense. Vic Fangio is now overseeing the defense in Miami. That's a big boost from what we saw last year. The Charger defense, Brandon Staley's the head coach. He's a defensive mind. That unit stinks. They were terrible last year, and they didn't do anything to address it this offseason in terms of spending money or putting high-level draft picks onto the defensive side of the ball Chargers lose that football game.
2: Brandon Staley, in a word, not good. They're (laughs) losing on Sunday.
3: Packers and Bears. Last one. Bears are going to lose that game. And I love the great city of Chicago and the people... Of, the, of, of Chicago, they're some of the best in the world, but I think the everyone is sleeping on Green Bay. I think Jordan Love's going to be competent. I think Green Bay has a good defense. I think they've got some weapons. And I think Chicago, with all this hype coming into the season, Justin Fields, everything, they still don't have a very good defense. It's not like this is the 85 Bears that's going to go out there and make life hell for Jordan Love. He's going to be able to move the ball against these guys. And it would be so fitting that the second Aaron Rodgers leaves the division... And is done tormenting the Chicago Bears. When the Bears have the most hype they've had in years, they still find a way to lose the Packers. There is
2: a big part of me that wants the Packers in the playoffs and the Jets out. <laughs> Just for that very <laughs> reason. Gold. Again, spite, very underrated. <laughs> Having said that, Justin Fields will be in the MVP discussion this year. Oh, I'm the hype Here we on go. Justin Fields. Top three in the MVP that not lose that game. Packers will lose that game. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Speaking of losers, the biggest losers this past weekend not as obvious as you think. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio SiriusXM Channel 80.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Morris swings up like side, and it's picked up by Travis Hunter. You have got to be kidding me what I just saw. Touchdown, Colorado, on a fourth down and two. Dylan Edwards with touchdown number four.
0: I mean, I knew we was going to do this. The scoreboard just telling y'all that, you know, that's what's going on, but I didn't believe, nobody
1: believed that we was going to do this. And in the lone star state, there is no star that shines brighter than Dion Coach Prime Sanders.
2: to go on the road and beat a team that was just playing for the national championship. But that team, they're not feeling good about themselves, meaning TCU. It is Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You think they're not feeling good about themselves? Take a listen to Johnny Hodges, TCU linebacker, yesterday. When he was asked if this was a wake-up call for the Horn Frogs,
3: I guess you can say it's a wake-up call. I don't know how losing in the national championship by 60 isn't a wake-up call, but uh, right now we're we're definitely the laughing stock of college football, having 22 missed tackles, having who knows how many missed assignments, making our defensive coordinator look awful just making his defense look like it's a childhood kid's defense and him getting all this slack. So uh, if it's not a wake-up call, then I don't know what it is.
2: Yeah, that's a kid that uh, is not living within the 24-hour rule of get this out of your system <laughs> in 24 hours. That is a kid who is mentally beaten up, and that is a football team that right now has to be questioning an awful lot about themselves. In other words, I would probably hammer against them and fade a big this week.
3: Look at you. You're coming along nicely. We've only been working together a day and a half so far. Nicely done, Carlin. I do what I can. I mean, it, it, here's the problem for TCU Well, amongst many. They made it all the way to the national championship game last year, but they got waxed by 60 points yeah. in a humiliating performance. That performance was so bad that when TCU lost the opener this season to Colorado, no one cared about TCU in that story. If that was Alabama losing to Clemson in the national championship and then Nick Saban's crew went out in week one and played a team like Colorado and got beat, we would be going nuts about whether or not this was the end of Alabama, whether or not this was the end of Nick Saban. What is wrong with the tide? Nobody cared about the half of the story that was TCU losing. They only cared about Colorado winning. That's how bad that national championship game went because everyone who watched that game thought to themselves, they don't belong here. They didn't deserve to be here. They shouldn't have beat Michigan. So you come out and you give up that many points in a game where you couldn't get stops. And quite frankly, the defense shouldn't feel as bad as they do. It was a terrible performance. But those red zone turnovers on behalf of TCU with some of that decision making, that killed them as well in that game. But bottom line, no one's even talking about TCU. Because that defense was so bad in the national championship game, and I feel bad for them because they went out here, but they're not the laughing stock of college football. No, I wouldn't even say it's close. They lost that game, so what? No one's no one's making jokes. It's the team Monday night that people are laughing at, if anyone's laughing at anything. Yes, and that would be the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, they looked
2: thoroughly embarrassing the way that they played that game the other night. Now, by the way, first of all, maybe lay off this week with TCU. They got nickels, so let's just
3: you know. what are they? Maybe they're laying sixty-five, and you just need to keep it within the number. 64 nothing. Plus 65
2: cashes. If they if they are getting or if they're giving up 65 points then I would be comfortable <laughs> taking the points. But having said that, um honestly, if I'm TCU, I get it. I get it because it does have to make you question everything even though Colorado was obviously a much different team than they were last year. It does have to make you question everything. But by no means should this completely ruin Who they are. They've got enough talent there. I know that Max Duggan isn't there anymore, but... They also have enough talent where they're going to be more than competitive and be one of the really good teams
3: in the Big 12 this season. They'll be okay. They'll be okay. The thing with them is they won a bunch of one-score games last season. Games decided by eight or fewer points, right? They did. And when you see a team either win a bunch of one-score games or lose a bunch of one-score games, you're going to get regression the next year one way or the other. Because over a large enough sample size, your record in one score game should essentially be 500. For every game-winning field goal you kick, someone else on the opposite side should kick a game-winning field goal. For every touchdown drive in the final two minutes you lead, you're going to give one up. Over a large enough sample of 500,000 games, you should be around 500. So when you see that much of an anomaly, like the Minnesota Vikings last year, the one everyone talks about, 11-0 and in one score games, you know regression's coming. And with TCU, they won so many one-score games last last year, we knew there was going to be a fall-off. And we're already seeing that early in the season. So they might be okay, maybe a 7, maybe an 8-win team, but I don't think we're going to talk about them anywhere close to how we did last year. That, that conference is Texas's to lose. And Listen, to your point on something to bet this weekend, I think you bet against color. I think that line has swung too much. Yeah. I think there is way too much hype out there. I think everyone is going to be lining up to bet the Buffaloes. I think the play is going to be Nebraska. It's the hold your nose special because that bet stinks. Well,
2: here's my it problem. Stinks. Just to finish on your TCU point, I do feel like over the next several weeks, they should be able to get their mojo back because they've got Houston, SMU, West Virginia, Iowa State, BYU. They should be okay during that stretch. Not exactly the SEC West. No, but then it turns into K-State, then it turns into Texas Tech, who I think we both think is going to be good this year, and then Texas. So if they get it back together, maybe they gain some of their confidence before they get into the teeth of their schedule.
3: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.